Welcome to Voices of Gen Z on WMCK Radio. Today we have Merrimack students Colin, Nick, and Tim, and our guest from outside of Merrimack College today, Kate Kosnop, who is a, an athlete and a professional photographer who has often used her platform to raise awareness about social justice issues, which is related to our topic today on Voices of Gen Z, which is athletes using their platforms to talk about politics and social justice in particular. Um, so there's a lot of major celebrities out there who have done this. So I, we, there's a lot of different things we can talk about today, but I kind of want to start with you, Tim. You brought this idea to Voices of Gen Z, which Dr. Wessel and I were both very excited about. It was not something I had even thought about, but is super important. And I think a very engaging topic, especially for Gen Z. So kind of first, Tim, can you explain kind of what, like what earlier we had talked a little bit in class about how recently you've become a, really interested in this, in this topic, especially as it pertains to baseball. So what kind of led you to starting to pay attention a little bit more to athletes using their platforms? What first caught my attention was um, recently uh, Mookie Betts, who was a former Boston Red Sox uh, player. Uh, he was traded to Los Angeles recently. And uh, four years ago, he said he would never kneel during the national anthem because um, his father served in uh, Vietnam. And he changed his approach this year, and he kneeled open on opening day. Um, the prote protest that he wants change in America. Um, he ran it by his father, who said that it was okay and that it wasn't disrespecting the flag. And his, his main message was um, he had two teammates, uh, Max Muncy and Cody Bellinger, put, his, put their hand on his shoulder as he kneeled to simplify, uh, to show unity. And that's been his message throughout the last uh, part of the season. It's two months in L.A. Uh, it's been a short season, so he hasn't been able to bring to attention as much as he would like. But um, his main message for the uh, – moving forward is to show unity from uh, both uh, white players and black players throughout baseball. Oh yeah. I remember that, that image actually, like I'm not, I'm like the worst when it comes to knowing about current events and sports. Um, but I remember that image circling of, of that showcase of unity. Is that kind of what attracted you to that particular event was that it was about uh, unity instead of divisiveness? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think on social media in particular, you just see how divided people are on certain issues, um, especially uh, early on when uh, like this protest was becoming a thing within the NFL and the NBA. A lot of people were criticizing athletes for uh, using their platform to show that, like, to show their beliefs. Um, you know, a lot of people just say to stick to sports and. 
there's, there's a huge divide over it, uh, especially a few years ago. And I thought it was interesting that his message was to show that it's about unity and not about uh, just disrespecting the flag or uh, some people would say uh, or something like that. So Definitely. So, yeah, there's the, the kneeling that we've seen a lot in basketball and football. And then in this case that you're talking about here. But Nick, Colin, or Kate, do any of you guys want to kind of weigh in on this uh, public display of of uh, talking about trying to raise awareness about social justice issues, particularly police brutality, which is what the kneeling of the during the national anthem is about? What do you guys think about it? Um, I just take it how like each sport is like different. Like say the NHL is different from the. Um, like NBA, so like each, um, how like each, um, like each board takes it like a different way. Like the NFL a couple of years ago, like they said, like everybody has to um, stand up and they can't kneel. But now they're letting players kneel, and like you see it all over like the field and stuff. It's uh, Foxborough has um, all like all this together like on the field so it's different how like each day like it gets more and more like important because a lot of more people are realizing that and i just think like how each like each sport takes its like own like path and like how they want to do it so i think that's like i think that's pretty cool like how each like not all the sports are doing the same thing like each one is taking like a different approach to it Definitely. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that some of these other, uh, there's some, been some other sports out there uh, that have done this sort of thing. And, and we'll actually get to Kate in a minute because she comes from the equestrian world, which I think is not what we typically think of when we think about sports standing up for social justice issues. We basketball, very visual, especially with LeBron James, football, baseball, but horse sports, not so much. It's kind of like NASCAR in a way, I think uh, it's predominantly a white uh a white sport, but we'll hear from her in a second. Um, but Nick, do you have any any comments? Uh, yes. So I kind of want to pick up on what Colin said about how each sport like handles it differently. I know uh, during the NBA season this year, uh, there was an incident of a police brutality incident, and they ended up canceling a, a series of NBA games for that night. And uh, the next day, I'm pretty sure it was the NHL who canceled too. So it just shows on how like uh, how similar the two events are and how like people really take it for granted. Uh, so these players that like are on social media and like talk about like their politics, like they have a like a just reason to because like it affects them as much as it affects anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we see some similarities across uh, different sports in terms of their approach. Uh, Kate, do you want to provide some perspective? Like, what has the equestrian community done uh, in response to issues of social justice? Yeah, so, you know, obviously equestrian sports aren't nationally televised, such as, you know, the NFL, NBA. We don't really get that that coverage. Um, So in our sport, I would say over the last several months, it's predominantly been social media movements. So Um, whether that's showing support for the Black Lives Matter movement um, after George Floyd's death. Um, We've had a lot of roundtable discussions. Um, We've had a lot of 
of community um, events um, via Zoom, of course, um, to discuss how our sport is um, is going to handle these sorts of issues moving forward. We are largely um, an elitist sport. And um, since the events um, surrounding George Floyd's death have occurred, it's been pretty eye-opening, I would say, for a lot of equestrian athletes. Um, but social media has primarily been the way that we have um, discussed these issues. Definitely, yeah. And, and um, kind of tying back to some of the things that you're saying, especially that uh, Nick was saying about these athletes kind of, they, are, they undergo or they have some sort of relationship to the direct relationship or experiences with so issues of social injustice. Um, but then there's that, it was, that kind of reminds me of LeBron James's response to Laura Ingram after she told him um, or was critical of an interview he did where he talked about politics, that he should just shut up and dribble. And he said, you know, we're not, I'm not going to be quiet. I, LeBron James, mean too much to society. I mean too much to Americans, especially to kids who see no way out. And so I'm going to be there to talk about these sort of issues. Um, where do you all think Gen Z kind of stands on that? Where you have Laura Ingram kind of one on one end of the continuum, who's like, asks politics and sports should not be combined. Keep politics out of sports and just do your job. Or on the other end of LeBron James, who's like, I mean something to society. I'm a cultural icon. And so I have the power and the platform to, to change society. And so I'm going to do that. <clears throat> Kirsty, can I just jump in and piggyback yeah. on your question? It's a great question. But how about instead of Laura Ingram, how about I throw in Charles Barkley? Uh, old school, old name. He uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago famously came out and said, I am not a role model. I should not be looked at as a role model. And I'm just, I thought that would be, uh, I mean, how do you guys feel about this? Uh, I use the generic eight, uh, guys for all of you. Um, do you think that, do you think your generation does and should look to sports figures as role models? Um, so I think it's all depend like where you stand. Like I know a lot, for our generation, there's people that love sports and there's people that don't pay attention at all. So I feel like the people that like love sports and are into it and know the athletes are like more prone to like, you know, go with the athlete's mm -hmm. opinion where uh, like, if you don't pay attention to sports or keep up with it, like you might think like they're, they're just uh, like, they don't have their right, you know? Yeah. Anybody other thoughts? Yeah, I think um, even if you don't follow sports, um, we have, because of our media and because of social media, they, these professional athletes become kind of like rallying forces um, in a way. Um, and unfortunately, whether they want to be in the public eye or not, they sort of do have no choice but to become role models. And um they represent their communities. Um, I think some professional athletes definitely handle that limelight better than others. Um, but I think, you know, when you have so much attention on you, I do, I do think it's really admirable when professional athletes step up and use those platforms for good. 
How about, how about those situations? Again, I'm going old school here for a reason. Uh, uh, when somebody like Carl Malone decades ago came out and said, for example, he wouldn't play uh, he wouldn't play with Magic Johnson when he had, had tested positive for HIV. Um, is there a concern if they that they may come out on the wrong side of an issue? Or uh, Kirstie and I were just talking about this. Kyrie Irving, who uh, famously said a year or so ago that the he, the Earth is flat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's definitely a concern. You know, cancel culture has really become, you know, such a big um, phrase these days. Um, And people are really quick to judge. Again, going back to social media, you know, it's so easy for an athlete to tweet or post something on Instagram and maybe not think it through. Mm -hmm. Um, And the wording of those messages is so important. So, yeah, I mean, I think it is with cancel culture, it's super easy to slip up and say something that is offensive to a group of people. Mm-hmm. Tim or Colin, do you uh, want to weigh on this? Um, so kind of jumping back to what Nick said um, about like <clears throat> people who follow sports, like they look up to sports athletes. Like I know when I was little, like I wanted to be like David Ortiz. I knew I would never be like him, but like that was my role model. That's what I wanted to be. And like athletes, like a lot of people do look up to them and they use their platform for like many good things, like fundraisers or like just raising awareness or something, whether it's like uh, cancer or something like that or uh, mental health, like that's a big thing now too. A lot of athletes are doing that. Um, but I believe like they, if they have that big platform, they should use it uh, for good. <clears throat> and I think it's pretty common sense of what to say and what not to say when you have that big platform because you can affect a lot of people by what you say because you have so many people looking up to you or following like your ideas. So I think... Um, professional athletes should have that right to talk about anything like what they want because they have that high platform and a lot of people are going to follow and listen to them. But then once again, like they just have to be smart about what they Mm. say. Well said. And what what do you guys think should be the role of the NFL and the NBA? Like a lot of times these athletes will make a statement take a stance and sometimes they face some sort of retribution from their, from these big governing organizations over these sports. Like what, what do you guys think should be the role of the giant like sports governing organizations like the NFL and the NBA? Um, So I was at the first uh, Pats game, like when players started to kneel after Kaepernick did and the whole stadium was very pissed off. Like, everybody was booing. And, um, like, a lot of people didn't really know, like, why or like what was happening. So, like, a lot of people weren't realizing what was going on that he did realize. But now, like, a lot of more attention has been brought to it. And so I feel like today, like, it's much more acceptable. And um, I feel like today, like, athletes should do – what they feel like is right and the organizations 
should say it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like they should have that freedom to do what they want, not what the organization tells them. Yeah, that's a really good point. And uh, Colin, do you think there's a little bit of feedback on your audio? I'm trying to correct it in the studio um, a little bit, but uh, I think I've hit my limit with my ability to <laughs> get, get that feedback from not happening. So uh, just so you're aware. But yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good point about, you know, we a lot of people are very, very critical of some of these athletes who take these stances, but sometimes the end, these bit larger organizations, you know, kind of ape that sort of criticism. Should they, what role should they play? It's important questions. Anyone else? I think they should try to help inform people uh, about these issues. Uh, obviously, I know like a lot of league owners aren't happy that they can lose money if someone stops watching the sport due to a political movement. So they're not even uh, the league is united on some issues, but uh, especially for uh, baseball or the NFL. But I think uh, the league should try to focus on working with the players because this is Corporations. this is an issue that matters to so many people. Yeah, especially to young kids, too, who might be watching these sports, right? Yep. Do, do you all feel like a Gen Z feels differently than other generations when it comes to athletes making a stance? I mean, I see on my own Facebook feed um, older members making some pretty judgmental, very critical comments about athletes. Um, I don't know if this is a generational thing or if this is something else. What do you guys think? Uh, it could definitely be different in a lot of diff uh, different as aspects. I know, like, older people, like, they're not as into, like, social media and technology as, like, Gen Z is. So, like, we see a lot more of the uh, political opinions going around, like, the web. Like, obviously, they're all broadcasted by, like, big media now. But, uh, like, we definitely feel like see a lot more than, uh, like, different generations. So that in influences our opinion, like, right there. And then plus, like, just the year gap and everything, like, people uh, change like just as generations go on. So like everyone has different opinions about things. Uh, I do feel like each generation has their like own sway, but I feel like in each generation, there's people that will like believe the same like beliefs and like the situation. Yeah. I think no, uh, go for it, Tim. I think it's a generational thing because uh, I was listening to a show with uh, Trevor Bauer, who's a Reds pitcher, and he had on uh, Kenny Lofton, who's a retired MLB player in his uh, late 40s. And uh, he had Joe Adele on as well, who's our age. And they were talking about um, Kenny Lofton was trying to understand why people our age or younger people are so active on social media of like stating their opinions or beliefs. Um, he was a big believer in um, like, you have to like earn respect for, first before you can say those type of things. And uh, instead of like minor league players stating their opinions or whatever, and often uh, being told that the organization doesn't want them to say these things because they're controversial and how like he still wants to like speak his beliefs 
and he was trying to understand why the younger generation was so keen on trying to speak their mind and uh, immediately on such like big issues. Uh, that's super interesting that it's like uh, there's disparity in terms of of people having the opportunity or feeling like they have the legitimacy to speak about these issues. Like, like LeBron James, you know, he, he, LeBron James can do what he wants, right? He's like one of the biggest cultural icons throughout the world. So, you know, him speaking out, I don't think he feels like he's really going to face any sort of major retribution um, because he does have so much uh, standing in the broader society. But what about, like these, like you said, these minor league athletes, I mean, if they want to speak out, but they don't have as much power, um, maybe they're easier to control in terms of these governing organizations. Like, should there be a conversation about maybe protecting those minor league athletes um, in terms of them being able to speak about these issues about getting their contracts uh, canceled? Um, None of them have been in situations with their contracts canceled as far as I know or anything or being released, but um, they, they want to be able to just speak their mind on issues without the organization uh, trying to limit them from doing so or to censor them. So um, that was a topic of why they, uh, during the show is like, why should they, uh, have the right to say whatever they want to say, and they're trying to argue their, their point of view uh, for that. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I haven't heard any situations where like athletes have gotten their uh, contracts canceled, but I do agree that like these minor athletes and even major ones, they should be able to express their opinion just like any other like person, like just because they're an athlete and like they work for an organization. Uh, I don't feel like they should like have to censor their opinion. Yeah. In the equestrian world, it's a little different. Um, we don't have con- athletes. Athletes don't have contracts per se, but um, they do have sponsors. Um, so it's sort of a similar similar situation. You kind of have to toe that line. Um, if you if you speak out, will you lose your sponsors? Will you lose your owners of your horses? Um, I think. I don't know of anyone who has lost um, any sponsorships or any owners so far, um, but it's definitely something to to keep in mind. Yeah, and I feel like in the equestrian world, at least to what I know or have been exposed to, we don't really have like our LeBron James, you know, who has spoken out against it. I mean, the major Olympians, players like that have have we had. Um, and I think this is another interesting direction to take this conversation, but there was a situation where there was an Olympian uh, who was um, defending another major athlete who had posted a, an article about how the equestrian show jumping was not discriminatory, that there weren't you know, really issues of social injustice here. Um, and uh, it was, it was, a pretty critical uh, view on social justice in general um, that a lot of people weren't supportive. And so this Olympian actually came to the defense saying, you know, there, I know lots of people I've talked to the black person that I have working in my business and they say they never face any issues of discrimination. So therefore, you know, I don't know what these people are talking about in terms of our sport um, having 
issues of discrimination wrapped up in this larger story of social injustice. So we've almost had the opposite in our sport of your major elites kind of putting, like not being supportive of it. And then almost, uh, then everyone else is kind of retreated back. I know I've had some conversations with some elite equestrians in our sport who have saw that there was such a negative backlash when an elite rider did take a position either for or against issues with social injustice that they're like, I'm not even going to touch that because I'm too dependent on, you know, owners and sponsorships. Um, so I don't know, Kate, do you have a similar, like at least in, in the equestrian world, it's been pretty silent um, and that yeah. elite our elite athletes are not interested in speaking about these issues as they are like, unlike they do in uh, you know, basketball and football and baseball. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I'm racking my brain to think of any, you know, big names who have been really outspoken and I can't really think of anyone. I think everyone's being very cautious. Um, and if they do put out statements, they're pretty vague and generic and, um, no one's really stepped up to the plate and um, said anything um, that's decidedly, um, you know, that that that's made any sort of point. Yeah, with the exception of maybe some major younger uh, mm-hmm. athletes, right? Like, like younger than twenty-five, some of them have have really put their necks out there to speak out against issues of social injustice, but. In terms of your older, more established athletes, yeah, at least in that world, there there hasn't been much, which is interesting to compare that to these other sports. Um, kind of on that, so Kate, you use your platform. Um, so uh, you have over ten thousand followers on Instagram, many more on Twitter. So, what made you kind of decide that to use your platform as an athlete? Uh, to talk about issues of social injustice, especially within a sport where these conversations are seemingly a lot harder? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, I'm kind of at the intersection of being both um, an artist and and a social influencer. It's as weird as that sounds. Um, I am lucky to be involved in this sport in the capacity that I am. It's financially, it's, it's a huge um, undertaking. Horses are not cheap. And to participate at the level that I do, um, it takes a lot of time and money. Um, I, to me, I see that my voice um, echoes and I have a lot of, I do have a lot of followers across all platforms. Um, and I recently, um, actually with the help of you, Kirsty, created this Horse Girls Vote campaign um, to really celebrate um, both women's suffrage. Um, it's the 100th year anniversary of the passing of the 19th Amendment, as well as to really get people motivated to participate in the election. Um, and we saw a lot of positive participation in that movement. Um, And I was able to use my photography and my art as a way to get people involved. Um, And it's, it's, to me, I sort of see it as my responsibility um, as, um, as sort of an influencer in this sport. Um, I want to use my voice for things that I believe in and I'm passionate about. 
And social media gives me that ability. Definitely. So what have you, because what I'm interested to know um, is what are some of the major challenges to using your platform to talking about social injustice issues? And then I, I want to move also the conversation to ask our other participants here about what they see as the major challenges for athletes in, in other sports. But I know at least in, in the show jumping community, um, I've had some friends who've spoken out and then they get a text that they'll never get a ribbon ever again in this sport from judges. Right. So do you find like, what are some of the major challenges to speaking about these injustice issues um, on these platforms in sports? Yeah. I mean, I think that's a great point. Our sport is um, very subjective. We enter a competition ring in which um, someone is sitting there to judge us. Um, you know, and if you, if you have that name recognition for, um, you know, a bad reason, whether it's someone who disagrees with your opinions or, um, you know, anything along those lines, you definitely run the risk of sort of, sort of like blacklisting yourself, um, within the community. It's a, it's, it's a small community as far as, um, you know, word of mouth and things like that go. So personally, I am not, I do not keep those things in mind. Um, I believe that my voice is more important than, you know, any ribbons that I may get in a competition setting. But I understand that people may not feel the same way as me. And I think, honestly, that's why so many of our top athletes, especially those who have represented um, our country on the international stage have been um, very cautious to make any sorts of statements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Colin, Nick and Tim, do you guys, what do you guys think are some challenges that athletes face in other sports? Is it similar to what athletes face in the equestrian world? Different I mean, we have objective and subjective uh, competitions for basketball, football, baseball. Those are a lot more objective. But what are some maybe challenges that those athletes face when talking about uh, against uh, inequality? I would say most of them are guaranteed like multi-million dollar contracts or a lot of them are. So um, they they feel safe for their jobs. I think some of them anyway, Uh, not everyone, but... uh, I would say the biggest thing would be like social media, uh, like a lashback or whatever, or because um, it's easy to say something to someone behind a keyboard and uh, everyone has different opinions and everyone can interact with you on social media. So you'll see a lot of negative comments from uh, just for having a different opinion from people. So I think that would be a big uh, issue. I completely agree. Uh, obviously, like the athletes have their own sports organizations, but uh, at the social media aspect uh, and what Tim said and how like they get backlash, I've seen a lot of uh, influencers lose and like gain like followers uh, just from what they're posting and uh, like what their actual opinion is, whether it's like just or like not just whatever they're putting. So uh, that's definitely like a backlash that like obviously followers are followers, but like, it's still, you know, it's there and it could affect you. So. Yeah. 
uh, going off of what Nick said, like um, athletes get backlash. It could be from anything. Like they could post a picture of them during a game and they could have tens and thousands of hate comments. So it's when you're an athlete and like you're big on social media, you're going to have a lot of people that's going to try to um, kick you down or knock you down and like say hurtful things. But like those athletes, like they know there's more good people out there than bad. So I think like they just have to ignore like those comments. I, I know it's going to be, it has to be hard, but um, so like Kevin Durant made a couple of fake accounts to go back at other people for uh, backlashing him. So like he made a fake account that wasn't him. So like it's tough for athletes to just ignore that. But like at the same time, when you ignore them and like their backlash, it almost like it makes you look better and makes you like be the bigger man almost. So I feel like um, like social media is a, like a huge thing when trying to influencing it also with sports. So I just think um, they just have to be smart about like what they do and how they act. Mm-hmm. Any other comments before I quickly interrupt with a public service announcement? All right. Well, this is just a reminder that you're listening to Voices of Gen Z on WMCK Radio. And here is a PSA about employment. Every hiring manager knows that a company is only as good as the people it's made from. So where do you find the best people? That may surprise you. Meet the grads of life, young adults of unique determination and experience, an ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find them. Cultivate and train this great pool of untapped talent brought to you by the Ad Council and the gradsoflife.org. So I can't help but notice, like as I was doing a quick, like, all right, what are some of the the major uh, big issues of of athletes speaking out and the backlash they've gotten? couldn't help but notice that most of them were comments coming from men. Do you guys, and I I just, I just don't know that much about sports, honestly, in general, but you guys who seem to be a lot more sports savvy than me, I mean, have you, are female athletes speaking about issues of social injustice at the same rate as male athletes? Like what's kind of your, your thinking on that? Uh, I don't know exactly if the, like there's more males speaking upon it than females, but I do know, like just from what like I've seen, uh, like I follow a lot of like male athletes, uh, like the NBA, NFL, and uh, like I do see a lot of like uh, posts about like you know politics and stuff like that and uh, racial injustice, uh, but it could be completely equal like with the females. I just feel like. Uh, and just how it is, like a lot of male athletes have a lot more following than like female athletes. So yeah, I feel like yeah. that's why they're uh, like they're more prone to like they're more seen as like uh, talking about the subject. Uh, kind of going off what Nick said, um, I know from watching Sports Center and just like knowing a little bit of us, I know the WNBA is huge and race on justice. And they're um, they're almost bigger than the NBA at one point talking about social injustice because they had a lot of um, they did a lot of things for that like um, 
the team's playing each other, the whole team would kneel and hold hands. Um, so they were big on that movement, but also um, the U.S. women's soccer team was also big on uh, social justice too. So I like the uh, women's platform of sports, like it's, it's big and they're doing a lot of things for that. I just feel like um, they don't get as much credit because they don't have as much followers as men's sports do. But they, I do believe they're doing their part and trying to make this world a better place. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. To, that's good to know. It's almost a social, another element of social injustice is about speaking about social injustice and who gets the media attention and who doesn't. Interesting. Kate, did you want to weigh in? Yeah. In the equestrian sport, it's actually the other way around. Um, I would say that primarily it's it's female riders who have been outspoken about social justice, social injustice um, issues. Um, and honestly, it's mainly women of color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, our sports, short jumping is interesting because men and women actually compete as equals. There's no, you know, separation in terms of gender, um, which is, I think, unique to our sport that's different from others. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've seen definitely a resurgence or a, a new invigoration of, of riders of color having a huge voice, I think, in the in that world, um, which is not, I mean, to my knowledge, it's almost completely absent in the past. And it's been incredible to see. And it, a lot of times it's younger people, too, um, younger people of color, females who are speaking about these sort of issues. I know they've 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 raised money and put together new grants and scholarships for, for young um, athletes uh, in the equestrian world who are of color. Like there, there's been an outpouring of, of new efforts, but there's also been um, a lot of, I think, stalling in terms of certain organizations trying to improve upon diversity and equity and inclusion. Um, and even, you know, they're trying to push for some sort of, uh, way that people can uh, report when discrimination has taken place that's been like not really supported uh it'd be interesting to know kind of how other sports are handling that sort of that sort of issue but yeah and and actually the equestrian world has gotten some attention um there was an article in vogue magazine and actually the cover uh was an equestrian athlete talking about issues of discrimination within the sport um, which is another layer i think a lot of these uh players and some of these other sports are talking about social injustice at large and the kneeling is is directly related to speaking out against police brutality but then in, at least in the equestrian world the conversation has been less about police brutality I, I actually haven't really seen much of that at all um and it's more about how discrimination takes takes place and social injustice uh takes place within the sport um which i don't know if these other sports are having those conversations do you guys know that you guys who are a little bit more knowledgeable about these other sports maybe your athletes yourself that i'm assuming some of you might be or have played sports either here at merrimack or in high school but are conversations about discrimination within the sports uh taking place as well do you guys are any of you guys Athletes here at Merrimack? I guess I should ask that first. No, just athletic enthusiasts. I mean, I haven't seen that um, as much. And the only thing I've seen is there's been a, a criticism of how there are uh, most players, like in the NBA and the NFL, are Black, but their leadership within those organizations are mostly white. 
And so I, I've seen those conversations take place about discrimination uh, when it comes to um, kind of the power dynamics between the players and then these governing bodies who who put their contracts together. So I've seen some of that. I mean, have you guys heard about any of those conversations and what th- that looks like? Uh, I did hear when the NFL, like they when the players started to kneel, uh, like the owners like started talking about it and like like I know they weren't fond of that at first which I know like it's now allowed, but like uh, I definitely know that started some issues and like, I don't know what the exact resolution was, but like, that's a clear example of that. Yeah. Yeah. I never heard about the resolution on that either, but I definitely remember seeing that, that being brought up. I mean, do you think that matters as well? When we talk about this big, the kind of the broad umbrella of social injustice, do you guys see reform in terms of um, equity and inclusion within the governing the sports organizations? Is that an important part of this of this whole story? Um, I was reading an article, I think it was like two months ago or something, how the NFL wanted uh, more Black owners and more Black leaders in the organization. And they were pushing that pretty big. I've, I have not heard like a lot about it since. Like I thought it was pretty cool to like kind of balance out the organizations like the uh their white black like whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool to just try to balance and uh, get the organization like um like well known for like not being like more white or more black when it comes to the CEOs and managers or uh, presidents of the organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole, the issues of social injustice and sports, like when you brought this idea, Tim, it's it's a big bag of worms, I think, in terms of the different directions that it can take. Um, and you just, you see a lot of varying views on it. Um, it's, and, and then with COVID, I think intersected with it, with some, uh, especially like college sports, not going. I, I've seen some people express sentiments that they're upset that these players that they want, uh, you know, saying that they're kneeling for the flag, but then they won't do their jobs and uh, and actually perform and people support these college teams and they're just, you know, getting protected. And I don't know, you just see a lot of varying opinions, especially when you start to dissect it down to sports at the professional level and at the college level. And then when people talk about COVID and not having access to their sports teams and then playing, it's, it's all gotten very muddly, uh, muddled um, in terms of like people's views towards it. It's very, it's been confusing to me at least to kind of disentangle it out. Um, do you guys have any other uh, comments kind of about this issue before we sign off for today? I would say the biggest thing with, uh, with inclusion in front offices and in ownership groups um, Unfortunately, at the end of the day, it's a business as well, and they want to appeal to as much people as possible. So even if people are tuning out due to players speaking out against injustices, uh, they still have to try to make up those losses somehow. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if um, I just don't know if they can be able to do that at the same time. Unfortunately, um, people want to see sports as like a distraction. To their, yeah. to their problems and obviously players should be able to speak out and there should be more diversity in front offices and ownership groups but I don't know if that's going to fix all of the problems unfortunately but, 
that, that everything has in sports. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's gonna It's a, it's a rough battle, I think all around. Um, but at least conversations have been started. It's out there. You're really strong kind of elite players seem to be standing their ground. Uh, but we'll see kind of where it goes, especially when sports really get kicked up into gear again. Right. Hopefully in a post post pandemic world, whenever that might be, it'll be interesting to see where these conversations go. Because like Kate was saying earlier, George Floyd really, and that event really catalyzed the Black Lives Matter movement. And that's when you started to see even more activism on the part of celebrities, including athletes. Um, But with sports not really being active as they usually are right now, it's, I feel like some of those conversations have been stemmed. So they're not getting as much, uh, they're not as televised as much as they used to be really, but we'll, we'll see kind of what happens. Any other thoughts, Dr. Wessel? Sounds good to me. (laughs) Uh, I just really wanted to say, uh, I like what Tim just said there and how like there's different organizations, the NBA, like the NHL, but there's still businesses at the same time. And as much as like the players like are, should be allowed to express their opinion, like that could really affect their company and like their like money and like inflow and viewers. So like, just because like the players are like expressing their opinions, like that's going to, that could uh, backlash the league and uh, then lose their ratings and viewership, which just, it could cost them a whole lot of money. So like, I could see how the, uh, like as a company aspect, like, like there's being rules set in place and like what you can and cannot do. And uh, it's just tough for like, cause on both sides, like people agree that the players should be able to express their opinion, but at the same time, like the companies don't want to deal with the backlash. Yeah. And that's a good point you're bringing up because a lot of these companies too, I would imagine if they're going to work on diversity, equity, inclusion, they're going to have to spend more resources, right? Like in training and recruiting and all that sort of stuff. And if they're already hurting in terms of losses, even not even related to, to people not watching because they're critical of these athletes, but because of COVID and that could really, you know, maybe stemmy some of these efforts. So it's, it's definitely got many layers to it for sure. I'm going to finish up with one more public service announcement, also about employment. With Goodwill, when you donate your stuff, you help create jobs. Here's how they do it. When you donate to Goodwill, they sell your stuff to help fund job training programs for people right in your community. So by teaming up and donating to your local Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth partying with the leftover KTAR from your 80s cover band? Goodwill, donate stuff, create jobs. Thank you for joining us on Voices of Gen Z today on WMCK Radio. You all did a wonderful, wonderful job. This was an interesting conversation and something we really haven't touched on yet on Voices of Gen Z. So I really appreciate everyone joining us today. Thank you so much.